You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door. You get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable lossy dealer for details. Welcome, 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 welcome to the sidelines. It's your boy Alice C in the place to be. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Coach Tay. What it is, your boy Ryan Wade. How y'all doing at the Super Bowl Sunday? Yes, sir. Uh, what is it called? Super Bowl Monday now? Today? <laughs> Should be a holiday. Well, let me just say that I thought that the game was well. It went well. I, I thought... As far as entertainment-wise, I thought it was a great game. Um, I thought it was everything that the NFL wanted it to be. Um, the halftime show, uh, I can't hate on it. It is what it is. I will say it's a, it's a lot of – it was a lot of angry Caucasians this morning at my job. Like, oh, the halftime show, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I know what you're trying to say. They speak in Spanish. You just say, like Spanish. You're trying to say Trump, hurry up, build this goddamn wall. That's, that's <laughs> essentially what could have been said in so many words. But I thought the game was, was good. Um, uh, what was your thoughts on the game? I think the game was good. I didn't think the MVP should have been the MVP. And that's not, a, that's not a shot at Pat Mahomes. But Pat Mahomes did play bad for three and a half quarters. I'm going to save that as a shot for shot or whatever because – I feel opposite of that situation. I understand that Damian Williams had a great game and all that, but the nigga was held in check pretty much for the game. He nigga had Mozart numbers until he had that 38-yarder. So that, that 100 yards and two touchdowns look sexy, but it ain't really nothing until you take that 38-yard touchdown away. He's not even in the conversation without that. Now people want to put him in a conversation because Pat Mahomes had a bad game. Well, I mean, give San Frank, you know, defense credit at some point. Them niggas was balling. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like uh Williams went for uh um a Derrick Henry type game where he was like, Oh, you gave it to Pat Mahomes, but that nigga Williams had hundred and fifty plus with three touchdowns. Nah, he ain't had one of those games. So uh, we can say that for another segment. But um Thoughts on the game, X factors, um, uh, under, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Undervalued moment that people is not really talking about. What it, what, I mean, some of the things about the game. I think, not, not I think, Jimmy Garoppolo was overpaid in his show last night. Mm. Overpaid. And he had one good pass, but it was called back after George Kittle had a pass interference that could have went either way. If that's a wide receiver, they don't call that call. But a strong tight end that can throw a cornerback out of the way, they're going to get that call. Okay. Let me say this. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good was... San Francisco's defensive game plan and the way they played for three and a half quarters was very good to me. Uh, Mahomes was rattled. He was on edge. And it wasn't just him. The offensive line of Kansas City was as well. Not run, not I mean, in the passing game, not necessarily in the run game. They did pretty well in that. But I thought that the game plan was great. They helped. They got him to third down and just was trying to get him off the, off the field. And I thought that was good. The bad thought the bad was the play of uh, – what's, what's the other uh, – the second tight end, Kittle. I thought Kittle played mediocre at best. For him to be the second best tight end in the game, allegedly, with the announcers saying, I thought he was not a factor in my opinion. 
Um, he didn't look as physical or as dominant blocking or um, or when he caught the ball as he normally does. The ugly was, and this will tie into what you said about what was an un, underappreciated moment in the game, was when they got the Chiefs to do that three and out with a minute and 55 seconds left or whatever it was, and they didn't call a timeout and let it run down to a minute. So that's when Kyle Shanahan to me. Like, we're, we're in a Super Bowl. What are we, what are we, what are we doing? Uh, you can't be that afraid of Kansas City that you, it dictates who you are. Kyle Shanahan last night became what the Ravens have been the last two years in the playoffs. You can always say the last four or five. Uh, that's true. They, he, they changed their identity. When you know San, when San Francisco played the Packers, they were pouring it on, right? When they played Seattle, pouring it on. Now all of a sudden you get in here and you believe the hype of Kansas City instead of trusting yourself and trusting your team to do what they did. And to me, I thought that was the ugly part of it. <clears throat> um, first, shout out to um, the Kansas City Chiefs for wavering and finding a way to win that game no matter what um, came in front of your face. Um, but uh, when I talked to the, to the humble bees, Herb Lewis, um, earlier today, he wanted me to point out that Kyle Shanahan is a fucking stupid dummy. Um, you, you, you're a second and five, and it seems like your offensive line is in a groove. And you got there off the backs of all your running backs and your offensive line. Why not keep going? It didn't seem like they was going to stop it at that point. That was the backbreaking where you could have said you could have ran like how we had two games where we had the balls for like four, like for seven minutes, six minutes, eight minute drives, and we ran the ball down your throat, or we just had the ball, we were not giving it back. That was that moment for Kyle Shanahan to have. With that being said, I'm not going to discredit the play for second and five. Chris Jones just made a hell of a play. Because I believe it was Kittle or Bourne that was going to get that first down anyway, and I feel like he probably would have stepped on their foots and kept running at that point. But you're at second and five. Keep running the rock. I understand that play-action pass is working, but it's six minutes left. Anything can happen. We've seen it with New England and Seattle. Anything can happen. Tip pass, interception, pick six. Something crazy. Do what you know for best, running the rock. Everybody gave you the championship that was on your side, defense, and running the rock. And what did you do? Play action pass, incomplete. And then the third, it was a third and five. They sent a, um, a, a five, a, well, a six man delayed. A, that was um, the six man that was delayed ended up to be a six man rush blitz. It got you an incomplete pass. Now the ball's back into uh, Pat Mahomes' hands. Now the crucial thing. Third and 15, I say that's the most undervalued moment right there because not only are you already six to seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, but you take nine to 11 stops that almost put you 17, 18 yards behind the line of scrimmage just so you can give your receiver, Tariq Hill, a good look and to get that ball out your hands. It was 50, um, the ball went 50 yards in the air and landed on the rope. If you had more time, you probably could have gave him to a better and it would have been a touchdown. But to respect that defense that much and that defensive line and that shows the respect of that front four that you had to go damn it 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage just to throw a pass. Anybody else, that's why you can look at the 49ers' future and be like, I understand what happened, you lost, but you're not going to face too many mobile quarterbacks. Okay, you see Calamari two times a year, he's going to get better. Russell Wilson is still going to be Russell Wilson. You're not going to see Lamar Jackson two times a year. You're not going to see uh, Kansas City Chiefs two times a year. So you're always going to stay, uh, play a stationary, regular, quote-unquote, white quarterback in this game. So you're always going to have the upper hand on certain quarterbacks. And it's always going to have you be up on everybody with that cover three defense. And shout-out to – I'm not going to say it, but, I mean, as beat up they was getting um, dismantled, the offensive line did enough what they needed to do to get Pat Mahomes some some easy throws, which he just wasn't hitting at times. The pick that Tariq Hill, where he, he doing a fake look somewhere, but trying to hit in the spot, 
Offensive line gave him a good enough time. Sometimes here and there, but all in all, the Kyle Shanahan mishap. But you still, you, he could have redeemed himself if Jimmy Garoppolo would have hit Emmanuel Sanders for that touchdown. But if he do and he walk in, it's still too much time on that clock for Pat Mahomes. Anything can happen. And that is exactly why they didn't run the ball to me. You run the ball, and that's it, you get three. You giving Pat Mahomes the ball. That was second down. It was third and two then. Well, okay, so second down, they threw the ball. It was incomplete. Oh, okay. Third down, to me, I don't think throwing the ball is a bad idea because, like I said, if or any of them for real, because mm-hmm. let's say you go ahead, you march the ball down there, you burn three minutes off the clock, off four minutes, whatever, but you get three. You're not going to have time when Pat Mahomes get back on that field. They don't need time to score. You need points. I don't care if you're up by 10. You need points. If you're up by 10, you are down by 30 playing them. <laughs> but you being up by 3 or being up by um, 17 at that point, it still takes time off the clock. That's more possessions. Instead of having to you right, score one touchdown, but you still got to score two touchdowns. But Tyreek Hill can score from anywhere in 30 seconds. Exactly. But <laughs> think about it. You you pretty much only took off a minute left, and it's at the six-minute mark, and you pretty much gave it back to him around five. But think about it. You get Just say you get two first downs. That's damn near you fucking with the two-minute mark. And you, get a, and you get a three. And you get a field goal. I'm not even asking for a field goal. I'm back, but I'm saying you get a field goal, that's two touchdowns you have to come back and do. With that defense playing the way it was and that front four, I like that chance is better than what you, what you gave up. That's not enough time. I'm sorry. You need points at that point. You don't need to run time off that clock. You need points. And I, I agree. To me, you need, you need points. And if the clock management is, is a thud, that's not on – the coach, that's the quarterback. Nigga, it's third down. You see a blitz. One, you didn't point it out. You never pointed out or audible to anything throughout the whole game. You see a blitz. Tuck the ball, fall. That's time running off the clock. Not just throw up a pass that can go anywhere and get intercepted like you did already in the first half. Just take, tuck the ball, drop. I the game 30 seconds off the clock. I the game <laughs> right there. I 30 seconds off the clock. And you can do the little whatever what they did with Tennessee that ran the clock down. You can say, easily do that. I agree with both of y'all <laughs> to a certain extent. I agree with you that you need points. You need points there. You, you and your mindset should be, I'm going to get points, right? Right. But I also agree that if on first down and 10 you get five yards on the run, what the hell, what are you going to do to stop, stop me? At this point, if I get three, that's – that's a win for me. And the, and the on first, second down, and that first down, that was a prayer tackle that made him flip to even get. That mm-hmm. I mean, he could have went for ten to twelve. Right. Which again, we talk about little things that happen in a game. That tackle, think about that tackle that you was talking about. That caused them to change their perspective and maybe go past. You never know. But those little things matter so much. So many little things matter. We talked about the. Uh, William Mosley and his blown coverage uh, and him taking attacking the, the shorter route when he had deep third, when that ball was in the air forever getting to Tyreek Hill. And it's like, so nobody's just going to be back there in the deep, in the deep third? Well, those little things matter. You know what else matters? Uh, how many times did uh, Bosa get pressure and the other three guys didn't get pressure? What do you think about that? How many times did Mahomes was Mahomes allowed to flow to run out of pocket or whatever? Right, right, yeah. You know, how many times little things like that matters? And from a defensive guy, I noticed those things. It's like, okay, well, how can we consistently get pressure here and not get any, any pressure there? If San Francisco gets another dominant edge rusher, it's a wrap. Like, it's a wrap. Like, I mean, what you going to do? What are you going to do? Because Bosa dominated that game for four quarters. He dominated that game. He wasn't even in the game most of the time uh, in, in those passing situations. They couldn't get him on the field because they was running a hurry up. It was like because they had their their run package in there. They couldn't get him off the field. And I, I was just sitting there like, hmm, what a shame. 
I'm just watching Bosa manhandle uh, whoever that left tackle was. He just bull rushing, speed rush, bull rush, speed rush. Just switching up, in and out, watching him dominate. Cut across his face. Yeah, I mean, yes, Eric Armstead had a couple good plays, but it wasn't consistent. Um, I forgot the other guy's name. Sheldon Day um, wasn't really – you got to win one-on-one battles at that point. Solomon Thomas wasn't winning his one-on-one battles when he got for – got him in the game for some air time. Um, another thing about that, uh, why going into um, Sunday I thought Kansas City was going to win is I felt like they played a dominant pass rush two times a year always. So he's always familiar with Bosa. He's always going to be familiar with Ingram – Pass rushing, he's got that timing up in him, so it's like nothing. He he, it, it hasn't something that he hasn't been seen before. So I'm, I'm, it's a different breed what they had brought to the table with the pass rush up in the middle, but he didn't already play that type of team already. Different defense, but the same type of pass rush that's relentless will come at you and smack the shit out you. And Charger's been known to be there throwing in that hill at times, but now that Philip Rivers is gone, I don't know where. Chargers are going, or we don't see how Oakland can do something, and maybe they change quarterbacks and get up on that defense. But nobody really respects Denver. What they going to do for the next few months? I mean, who says lock? But Kansas City is going to make that, you know, end up making that division look like how New England making that division look, and that's sad to say. It is, and, but I, I don't think that the Chargers are that far away. Um, I do think that if the Chargers solely spent their free agent money on the defensive side of the football, improving little areas, you know, uh, that, and then, of course, finding a quarterback, of course. I think that they could be dominant. I just think that they've gave, given Phillip Rivers everything, opportunity to win. And obviously, Phillip Rivers has not come through in the clutch for them when they needed him. And I think it's time to move on. You never know who, who that could be. That could be Teddy Bridgewater. You bring some youth in. That could be different, different people you can go out and get. But uh, I just think that it has to be somebody different. And uh, I forgot the Chargers coach name, but Anthony Lynn, Lynn, he's got to be like, you know what, it's time. If if you're going to give me a chance to turn this team around, let me do it now. Don't let me ride out this Phillip Rivers contract or this old franchise. No, let's not do that. Let's turn it around and get it squared away. What better time now than your division foe is the world champion? You know what I'm saying? What do you got to lose at this point? Nothing. I don't want to get too much into the draft, but I think Chargers, if they get um, Oregon quarterback, Herbert, I think if they get Herbert, even though he's not one of those flashy, move-around, mobile quarterbacks, he delivers some strikes. So he, yeah. I think they instantly get better. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not trying to say he's better than Philip Rivers. It's just that that youth and that mat- not maturity. Well, mature for him as being a college kid, right. and certain moments wasn't too big for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a comeback against Auburn. Just so happened, both Knicks had the ball last. Right. <laughs> so. And he did another one against another uh, Pac-10 foe where he was just delivering strikes going down the field. So as far as maturity for a quarterback that's coming out, he and Tua have it. Well, I just think Tua needs a little bit more time. That's why I would take uh, Chargers. I would pick Herbert for the Chargers instead of Tua because Tua, his hip not going to be right by the start of the season. So you want to give him one year to get that hip together. To close out on the Chargers real quick and go back to the Super Bowl, um, I I would say that as a team, as a whole, who knows that the veterans want to stay to be at that mm-hmm. that revamp of a whole team. I mean, you got the pieces there. You have the secondary. You probably need, just like you said, maybe a little bit of additions here and there with the draft or free agency. But is Melvin Gordon want to go to stay after that bullshit that he had to deal with? Is yeah. Keenan Allen going to want to stay with no chemistry of a new quarterback? And I mean, is Mike Williams going to want to stay there with his contract year coming up? And I mean, you got to look at it, everything as a whole. I mean, of course, you if you see that falling pieces, all right, let me keep my offensive line and redo this draft the way I need to because you got pieces there. But if somebody ain't feeling who's coming there playing quarterback, especially Ken Allen or Mike Williams, if they got that chemistry with, with Phillip Rivers, I'm not staying for that shit. 
Keenan Allen would be the only veteran receiver I would target for the Ravens. Mm, nope. No AJ Green. No Emmanuel Sanders. He'll kill the inside. I mean, you get rid of Willie Sneed. He'll kill the inside out, but. I'm not to be honest with you, the only veteran receiver that I'd be interested in is Amari Cooper. And that's just because Amari Cooper has been uh what's the word I'm looking for? Durable and consistent, yeah. So it well it ain't AJ. It ain't Emmanuel Sanders. It ain't Keenan Allen. Come over here and block at all. I ain't trying to bring Amari in here to block anyway. If, I, if <laughs> like, I'm being real. Because at the end of the day, I'm saying that. We're going to be real. We're going to be real. That if is being, the strength of the team. And that's what we, we want to do. That's what it's the strength of the does. team. And we found out it's also the weakness of the team as well. Like, let's just be real. It's the strength of the team that we run the ball. But in situations where we fall behind, it's the weakness of the team. When uh, what's, what's the last game well, we had named? Niggas start using hating hurts a little bit more. Want me to tweak it? Yeah, but well, it is. Those positions though, because what we signed and like we've been saying it from the beginning of the year, and when he took over last year, when you get down the lead and ten plus, are you wanna? Do you have a hurry up offense, which they don't have? Correct. Are you gonna find a way to score but quick you, and expect to do it again you consistently? Have a built-in mismatch that you pick. Before Lamar Jackson, and you refuse to use him. Who fault is that? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like we can't use him. Put him on the tight end. Spread him out to the sideline. Whatever you want to use, Hayden Hurst, he's a mismatch. But yet you don't use him. So that's not that we can't come back from it. We were flat out refuse to use the guy that can do it. I, I, but yet we I, want I to trade Nick Boyle dumbass out there. I personally not blocking right now. <laughs> that's 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 true. That's true. Nick Bull, hot hand ass. It'd be like, all right, come on now. Goal line situations. You want to miss the record, right, shit like that. that yeah. We got that. But nigga, you don't need two fullbacks. You're trying to come back from down fourteen. Exactly. <laughs> and, but I just, I personally disagree with the pieces that you're trying to say. I believe it's the formula that's that's killing us at the at the wild. We are so dominant, and then we can't adapt to other shit. Kansas City, they're dominant, but they can adapt to other shit. They can adapt to be down. I can say that. I can say that about. They stay to their game plan when they're down. We we talked about that, coaching and your formula. I I haven't seen other teams that I can feel like can come back from a a devastating lead or just a momentum shift. I just don't see that with us. Not because I don't believe we can't do it. I just don't think we prepared now, going into this year, we better prepare and to do all aspects of the game. I'm just, like I, said, I just don't think that being down 10 is a death sentence of this team. They scored 30 points. Throughout being down it. 10 is not a death sentence of this team. Just stick to your game plan. Stick with words and use your weapons. In the regular don't season, it's not deficit to the game. It's the, to the regular season, it's not it's not. Demanding for that, but the postseason, nigga, we can be down by three, and John Harbaugh like, look, you about to fuck this up even more. I'm gonna show you how. Like my man <laughs> said, get me the ball. <laughs> Just let me get the ball, yo. That's all I ask. For three, the team going on three years now. I, I ain't first get the ball. It's a mismatch. Okay, he's a mismatch, but again, goes back to the formula. Are you putting him in? In feasible matchups, are you putting the right Everybody formation is in? This a feasible matchup. He's too fast for your linebackers. He's he not. He's not. He not. listening, though. I'm listening. We know he a matchup problem. But are you are you putting him on the field with feasible? How many times have we called for a spread? How many times have we called for Lisa trips or something different? I'm just going to line his ass up there on that fucking uh, wing tee all the fucking time and doing the motion and think that's going to be okay. All right, you wing tee, play action, double that nigga. Boy, you one-on-one. That's so that's I, exactly so, what I want. So, boy, one-on-one. Right, boy, like, one-on-one, <laughs> and I'm a double Hayden Hurst, and I'm a double, uh, I'm a double Mark Andrews. Where else the fuck I got to go? And then you got Willie Sneed. One-on-one. You got Seth Robinson. That's, one-on-one. That's my issue. That's what I'm talking about. Put them in feasible matchups. You got what you need and you got Seth Rollins. You can stop there. They not they not doing no they not doing no pick plays. They not doing no misdirections. They not they not open up that fucking playbook is what I was asking for since week two. Well yeah, we play in a 
and the wrong move against a power team. You want to be down fourteen and not feel like you can be out, can't get out of it. But use your speed. That's we, what the team has is speed. And what I'm saying and is, if you have an angle route with Justice Hill, if I have speed, I'm going to use that to my advantage. Oh, I see. Oh, linebacker, niggas see this shit with the Saints all the time. Linebackers, all right, come on, get that nigga right there, embarrass him. Right, Justice CMC. Hill. CMC. Over there and burns him. <laughs> you find a way to use your X factors and your star players, and you get them the ball in different formations. We run a base formation, and when we get stopped, the shit get folded because we don't know where the fuck to go from that from that point. That goes from on offense and defense for the past four five years. Who brought the Ravens up? I think it was me. It got to that point because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of niggas using my man hating Hurst like he like he a scrub or something, yo. We see that he ain't. We know he ain't. I'm just saying, fucking niggas in feasible positions. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I also think that when you say the niggas, I think that the niggas who can't be there is Willie Sneed and several. If Willie Sneed is a primary receiver for us next year, Will, one of them got to get off the field for for Miles Boykin. One of them has to. Or uh, shit, I. I remember had Jaleel Scott out there, right. honestly. Hollywood got to be healthy, too, for that. Yeah, I agree. You can't be always folding up and falling down and be like, oh, I got an ankle injury. Nigga, I'd rather you go through somebody and break your fucking shoulder than always have an ankle injury because you falling down and don't want to get I agree, and then when Jerry Judy get here, then we're going to be like, yes, that's a pretty good. That nigga ain't going to All right, it was worth a try. That nigga ain't going to know 28. You better look at LaVisca or Justin Jefferson. That's our best bet. <laughs> All right, you, you got any more um, topics on the Super Bowl real quick before we go into it? All right, um, shot with the stop it. Um, Pat Mahomes did not deserve the MVP. Shop it. I'm going to go ahead and nobody's jumping out for me, so I'm going to stop it. I know that Pat Mahomes is getting the ball to Travis Chelsea, but Travis had, what, four catches? No, he had way more than four. He had six catches and a touchdown. Um, Pat Mahomes had two picks and two fumbles. Um, two touchdowns or three touchdowns? Two touchdowns. Well, three total. He ran one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns and four turn four potential turnovers. He only had two turnovers. Doesn't seem MVP-ish, and but who else? I got to look at – I don't want to say Sammy Watkins, but he was a hell of an X factor. That nigga was just clutching the right moments. He had a couple third downs, but, I mean, you can't judge an MVP by third downs. He, should, he right? shout out Devontae Adams for, you know, teaching what he needs to do against Coach Sherman and that goal route that he had. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Devontae Adams, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all going to beat us? Let me tell you how to be shabby. <laughs> so petty, but classic. I'm going to stop it because there was, it was an up and down game. I mean, like I, like I said before, Williams didn't have a Super Bowl caliber game until he broke that shit for for 38 yards. Tyreek he had a regular game, 105 yards, and he could have had 12 to 15 catches. I mean, if Mahomes, yeah, it was been times with the, the miss, um, the drop pass. That they overturn. That's a catch for like what twenty yards right there. Mm-hmm. The the pick. If you throw it correctly, that's first down. That's another ten yards right there. I mean, Sharp Breland had six tackles in the pick. The other nigga had a pick. Fuller had a pick. Kendall Fuller, yeah, but he had three tackles. Right, right. I, Terrell Suggs had two assists. He's he an asshole. Yeah. He an asshole. <laughs> I mean, you could say Chris Jones was the most, like, the second clutchest person because without those padded defenses, they 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 pretty much probably get hurt and killed in that game. Yeah, he padded with them two assists. Them two assists. <laughs> that nigga was like falling. He was falling to Jimmy Garoppolo and shit to try to get a sack and shit. Like, nigga, no. No, son. No, son's ain't going to ever get that one goddamn sack he needed over Jake Willie uh, McGinnis for the most sacks of the postseason. That's that was dead. Trying. <laughs> That's dead. Um, okay. All right. Stop it or stop it. Gilmore did not deserve 
Defensive Player of the Year award. Stop that. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, he was pr- probably one of the most dominant defensive players on, on the field this year, so I'm going to have to stop that. Um, I also think that we did have some guys more dominant in the other areas for their teams, but I think that when you think about a corner out there on the island and you're doing what he's doing, that kind of can't, can't be replaced as much as we like what Marlon does. For our team, not necessarily at the same caliber, but you understand what I'm saying. When you have that and you can say, this guy's got this side of the field locked down. When you think about D-line, they run stunts, they have help from other D-linemen. Sometimes they get double teamed. They can't get double teamed because somebody else is good, so they replace that numbers. So I'm going to go and say stop. I'm going to stop it. He is a defensive MVP. He gets no arguments for me. He gets no arguments for me because I, I, I believe he deserved it. There was other people that should have been mentioned before T.J. Watt, in my, in my um, opinion. But there's no – you can't say he wasn't the defensive player of the year. If you just say that because you're not a Patriots fan, you hate the Patriots, and you hate Tom Brady, then you just don't like watching the game of football. You just like talking shit at the while. Um, he deserved it. His name Danielle should have came in second. Or um, no, excuse me, should have came in third. I think Shaq Barrett should have came in second. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. No, nineteen and a half. Nineteen. Yeah. Well, I think he had nineteen, and Chandler Jones had nineteen and a half. Mm. So I say that's why I say both of them over T.J. Watt, and then whoever else you wanted to put in that conversation. Like, TJ had a good year, but he ain't have no good year to have second votes to be defensive player of the year. A lot of people, um, yeah, a lot of people was, uh, especially on the sideline talk, shout out to the sideline talk Facebook post, were trying to say that um, the um, the Oakland running back got robbed of offensive rookie of the year. How do y'all, y'all feel about that? Yeah, I think he got robbed of offensive rookie of the year. No disrespect to Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is a hell of a quarterback. But when Jacobs was in the game, he was unstoppable. Mm. Um, he was fighting for a playoff spot all the way to the end of the season. Um, I think A.J. Brown would have been a better pick for offensive rookie of the year than Kyler Murray. And Tannehill came in, he became the number one receiver for Tennessee. I seen a lot of fight for a lot of positions, but what about defensive player, the um, defensive rookie of the year? It hasn't been too many fights, but there's, I know there's been a lot of other rookies that's been flourishing in other teams. I don't like little races, though, but Nick is it. I mean, you had you had homie Burns. Yeah, he was Carolina wild. Was he was in, um, um, Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was killing in Carolina. They front four is ridiculous. First of all, what did you say? That I may have gotten the Brian Burns um, <laughs> scout wrong, and maybe Carolina was—I don't know—but I, I would say he just looked. Yeah, he just looked unimpressive on tape to me. When I watched this FSU tape, I'm sitting there like. Uh-uh, I just don't see it. I, I knew one thing for sure. I did not want Brian Burns. Like, that's what I said. So as the offensive rookie of the year real quick, I do think that um, what really hurt A.J. Brown was his last couple games when you think about it. Because ultimately, people judge you by the last thing you do. And he really did nothing those last couple games. So I think that kind of hurt him. But in the end of the season, he did good, not in the playoffs. Um, defensive player of the year, I mean – Bosa, they hyped him up on that Monday night football game. Uh, I know y'all remember that where he had Cleveland. Yeah, he went off against Cleveland. And to me, that game solidified the fact that he was going to be the offensive, I mean, the defensive rookie of the year. I think he was that before. I mean, he had some big people paid attention to San Francisco mm-hmm. like in preseason and leading up to that game. But Nick Bosa was. Defensive rookie of the year since you saw him fail, honestly. Hmm. Like, you just couldn't 
It was unblockable. We seen that yesterday. Just unblockable and don't really care for y'all. I think I'm going to keep that picture of him crying on the sidelines on my phone for a minute. I think Ronnie did a good job blocking him, though. Ronnie did a good job blocking him. I think Ronnie Stanley was probably the most impressive player I've seen for me that I downplayed this year. Well, the um, there was only – well, the list they had – it wasn't that much. So to stay on that task, um, Josh Jacobs had 11 votes, but still Colin Murray beat him out with more votes. Then you had A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders. For this uh, defensive rookie of the year, you had uh, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and Devin Bush. Devin Bush did have a hell of a year. Devin, Devin Bush had a hell of a year, especially with the do what he did with that defense. Yeah. I think him I and, think him and Josh Allen probably still have a – They were just rookies, though, right? Yeah, yeah they were rookies. Okay. But, yeah, I think that defense, when, when Minka came over, that defense kind of solidified, and they were able to get – be a little bit more – put a little bit more pressure on because they had somebody covering the back end, mm-hmm. and you got Artie Burns off the field. Please don't get rid of Artie Burns. As a concerned Ravens fan, please don't get rid of Artie. Well, you got Bud Dupree. <laughs> um, Bud Dupree as well. Like, he was a, uh, I think he had a trick to create. Yeah. I think he's going to be a trick to create. Yeah, you got Artie. I mean, not Artie Burns. Bud Dupree. So, I'm just trying to look for ways that uh, Pittsburgh's defense can become weaker. But um, I just think I don't know. I can't. I can't stress it enough. We need pass rushers and trade in. And since we're thinking about you know draft and scheme right now, this this week one o'clock with the Detroit Lions, the third pick. So unofficially. So one o'clock now will be Detroit. Um, I'm saying Jeff Okuda, the corner out of Ohio State. Um, being linked to him a lot, but I think the Lions, like I think um, John said earlier, they're not really pressing to have a corner. That's not really in a striking immediate need. They can trade back, and I think he'll be there on the clock depending on where you trade to. Um, Charlotte. So far, I traded the first. I traded the first and the third pick. <laughs> For me, I didn't trade that shit back. Yeah. I would say trade the pick back because there's nothing that you desperately needed that position. I mean – you're slighted to get a corner, but truthfully, I think you need something more dominant than that. I don't know what it is. It may be a pass rusher or a safety or something, but you just need something more dominant than that. Um, you, you're striking out at linemen as, as you were striking out at receivers before you got Kyle Johnson. You're almost like the you're the cousin of Green Bay, really. You got a quarterback that you trust in and you love and you gave the money to, but you can't protect and save your life. And nigga saying he he get more broken up than people want to think Lamar Jackson will get broken up like. And um, broken ribs, fucked up elbows, shoulders. Who who knows? You won't say fuck it. Let's trade him somewhere where somebody need him and get a quarterback start over. They do have three free agent corners right now. One of the unrestricted and is Rashawn Melvin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have 
restricted free agents and Michael Fuller and D. Virgin. Everybody else that's of note would be H. John Robinson. I think you need to keep him, especially losing uh, what's the dude with the glasses? I think his name Ziggy Ansa. I don't think you could lose Ziggy Ansa and H. John Robinson on this defense. I just think at some point you got to look at the GM and be like, bro, the people you picking ain't panning out, like he said, yeah. and the people you bringing in ain't panning out. So some got to give. I think they need a new GM. They need a new game plan. Hawkins, yeah. So that's what we wasting our picks on right now. Because you let Ebron go and Ebron went and had a career year in Indy. Remember that year? So it's like, hmm. All right, you're wrong again. You know what I'm saying? So you need they re- really need to look at that and figure out which direction, what's the immediate need. Is it offensive line? Well, who's the best offensive line available? They they got the one offensive line. I can't remember where he's from. Was it last year or the year before last? They got one first-round pick, a tackle. But anyway, um, they really need to figure out which way they want to go. And I think they need to go towards the – Probably the defensive line way. They got the third overall pick. Who's the next best pass, pass rusher? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't like his tape at all. Okay. I didn't like his tape. And so he ain't a he ain't an edge rusher to me. To me he gonna be a def uh and they run a 4-3, so he wouldn't fit with them. I think that he would be a 3-4 defensive end. I didn't like his tape to the point where I watched his last year tape before this year started, and I didn't watch a single game that he was playing. Mm. That's how much I was like, I don't see the T.J. Watt. I don't see the motor. I mean, the um, J.J. Watt. I don't see the motor. I don't see the dominance. Mm-hmm. You're just good at a certain time frame. You're not even dominant at one thing. Right. Like, you know, Chase can be dominant at the bull rush. He can mm-hmm. hand placement, speed, or something like that. You're not dominant at none of that shit. So, uh, is it safe to say they need an offensive playmaker? Or do you think defense they should take They want every single game until the end. They always are. But so defense really can't get nobody off the field. To me, I think they, they they should probably trade back here and go get the kid from Penn State, the defensive end from Penn State. Um, and this mock draft, uh, they got – YM, YMG. Yeah. Holy Ghost. And this mock draft, the, the, the next edge player who leaves the board after Chase Young is Atlanta Falcons, uh, Kayvon Chaser from LSU. Yeah. I think he's underrated as a defensive end. Damn it, I was saying Nobody's going to be there. I'm saving it for 28. Nobody's going to be there. They always are. That's what I'm learning about the draft. Somebody's going to drop. And they got uh, New England getting um, AJ for the 23rd pick. How do you feel about Kenneth Murray? Coming to us. I like Kenneth Murray. Huh? Okay. I like Kenneth Murray. Linebacker from Oklahoma. Yeah. Inside linebacker. Yeah, inside linebacker. Fast. He can actually beat both, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I think he plays for inside linebacker. He reminds me of uh, Roquan Smith. Fast. Just need to get a little bit more muscle. I'm tired of drafting people who can play either or. Give me somebody who's dominant at that one position. Well, he's dominant at inside linebacker. I just think he needs to add a little bit more strength. Oh, okay. I, that's what I need. I'm just saying because when he's I hear that. fast enough to rush the pass with you. I think Courtney Upshaw <laughs> when I hear that. I think. Uh, what's the light skin dude play for the Titans now? Casey? Uh, yeah, Kamala Correa. I think that. I think uh, Tyus Bowser, and I'm tired of it. Give me a, I want a dominant, no-nonsense player at a position. 
That's what I want. If you play defensive tackle, he plays two, three technique, and you're dominant on the inside pass rush, that's what I want. If you play edge and that's what you do best, you rush the passer, guess what? That's what I want. I want a guy that set the, set the edge and then might have ability to pass rush sometimes and get you a couple hurries. Give me a dominant person at a position, and I'm tired of it. I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, he just, to me, he needs to add a little bit more strength if he's playing in the middle, but that speed coming off the edge is ridiculous. That tackling is ridiculous. In the tail end of this uh, second-round draft, you got the, um, the Vikings getting Jake Fromm from Georgia with the 58 pick. Second round. Yeah. And the 59th Seahawks get Michael Pittman from USC. The Ravens get Clyde edwards Elliott from LSU, the running back, second round. Um, um, but, 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 yeah, yeah, but look, but look, so, all right, but who do you pick, who would you rather pick if you had the choice? Because the Titans, after us, get Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I'd rather have the LSU guy. Okay. All right. The Packers get Malik Harrison from Ohio State. The Seahawks come back with Cameron uh, Danzilla from Mississippi State. And the Chiefs get Gabriel Davis from CF. Kinda like Gabriel Davis though. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me check my notes real quick. I might like that Gabriel Davis pick over the running back, honestly. But it depends on what running back that's still on the top. But that kid is special. He is. But that means he can uh, run to Ray Rice a little bit too, so Yeah, because the one thing I couldn't understand was when people were with to go tackle him, he would spin out of it. They will tackle too high. You had to tackle him at his waist and his legs. That's where his all his strength is at. It's tough to do. Like, it is. Right. And he's shifty. But you going so high, all he gonna do is just like this. Uh, no. Imagine him behind that zone. Yeah, I think I'll write Gabriel Davis there. His physicality. That's why I was thinking, that's why I had to check my notes. Yo, physical guy. Got Taylor Hurst going to Oklahoma to the Raiders in the third round. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can see it. Oh, they got Teddy and Moss going to the Patriots. That also makes sense. <laughs> I had a third round. Tight end. Tight end. That makes Shit. sense. <laughs> Five bins. <laughs> <laughs> they got like nine kids, man. Maybe it's not pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask y'all this. Um, in a little off topic, but as far as the, the tank situation, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen the video. Of Tank um, and and what happened, I think what Tank did was was horrible. I don't want to downplay with that, with that. But to me, what's worse is the excuse he came up with after. Like I ain't hit him. Like you just ran about that. You literally, he great Khalida. He he choked and just dragged the rug out. And this is not funny. I apologize for laughing. I apologize for laughing, but. To grab her by the neck and then say, "Well, at least I didn't hit her." Like he thinking, like that's some Baltimore Ray Rice type stuff. Like, like not that he did what Ray Rice did, but he's thinking, like, "Oh, well, at least I ain't pull a Ray Rice." You understand what I'm saying? Yo, the shit that I say from because I watch the shit like I look for the other shit around everything that's happening. So the nigga that she was sitting next to, he got up and was like, "Nigga, please!" It felt like he was laughing. So I was like, "Okay." He, either he know that whole crew mm-hmm. or he just like was in a fucked up situation where he ain't want no part and was like, look, I ain't even about that life. I ain't about to get beat up by these bouncers. His bouncers was in that bitch. Like, they didn't even yoke that nigga up. So that shit was normal to them. So he didn't been doing that to a couple people. Right. That wasn't the first time he watched it. And everybody around there was like, oh my God, I think she's about to get fucked up. But like you said, it, it's unexcusable and it's stupid. I don't understand why niggas feel like when they get a certain amount of money, they just feel like they're invincible. You know you're being watched. If the shit is that much drama, leave the bitch alone. Mm, but it's not like he... He's stopping himself from being as great as he can be. He keep getting in the world. And I'm cheering for you, but you can't keep fucking shit up. I can't want you to be great more than you want you to be great. I can't do that. 
And me and um, I don't know if it's Angel on Facebook. We talked about this, and we like, bro, who is in his camp? Like th- to have to your point, the consecutive amount of times he's messed up, right? I know he wanted to be the one to go over your cup. Hey, hey, tiny, go get her, right? Go get her up off of here real quick. Who is the person that sees him take off after her and don't get over there as quick as possible to to, to be the guy to come between him and, and her? And be like, no, 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 we ain't doing that. I'll get her over there to you. Just go in the back. Right. Somebody has to be in your if corner. If you don't have that stupid person in your corner, guess what, nigga? You the stupid one. True. That's true. Right. But you also need a smart guy, somebody that <laughs> – Somebody, I know, I know Floyd got to have somebody that can can be but like you know thing, what. And Floyd is has had his situations, but Floyd, and it's not like it's better. So I'm not saying that it's better. Floyd was a world renowned boxer, and on his way to being, well, was already Floyd Mayweather established when he was doing his fuck shit. Like you are not there yet. And it's not like it's better when you're there, but you preventing yourself from getting there. If I can't trust you to not mess around with her or to not catch a domestic violence charge, how the hell am I going to book you and sell tickets? It's such a Baltimore thing to do. Like the, the thing is, it's like it's so Baltimore when I watched it. When niggas get money, they feel like they can't be told something, and they feel like they above a certain thought process. Yeah, and that I like. I like the way. Which you brought up because it leads to another segment of Thirty for Thirty. Mm-hmm. Did you did y'all watch Thirty? You ain't watched the Mike Mike. The Mike I seen the first half of it. You watched it and then you get mad because, but then you realize them being from the hood, ain't no real OGs to really be in that corner. All he had was family, and everybody that he brought from the hood was probably his age. So everybody young feel like they feel they're invincible. But you got people that's older that is trying to be influenced and be like, yo, you need to settle down. You need to stop what you're doing or shit about to get real for you. You had the old coach that was like, look, I called his best friend and we talked for about a half hour to an hour. Like, I knew that nigga was like, yo, you got to watch out for him. Make sure everything good. Financial advisor was telling him, like, yo, ain't nobody in here got a job? You feeding everybody in here? You wilding right now. Like, that, that goes back to the, the Trent Richardson and Michael Vick. They're like, you can't watch the first half of Michael Vick and not want something great for Lamar Jackson. Because you see everything, how he came to the league, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. And then when he started losing, everybody starts shitting on him and stuff like that. But you see how humble he is. You see how what type of great corner he has. His mother raised him and the right decision that he's making. Like you can't, you can't but want help, but greatness for him. And Michael Vick, you be like, yo, you deserve to be humbled at that point, because mm-hmm. after everybody who wanted to help you, and your best friend, I got a hundred million, we good, we ain't worried about none of that shit. That's what the fuck you get. Mm-hmm. Realize that a lot of the shit that you was doing shouldn't have been done, and you needed to be humbled, and God humbled you, and you came out with a second chance, and you made the best of it. Right. And I think this is something to be said about. A lot of athletes, especially athletes of color, like when you think about it, how many times have has this come up? How many times have we said, like, yo, dumb, like he doing dumb stuff and he put up, put, you know, just ruining his future? How many, believe McDowell, like, McDowell, like Randy just, Gregory, uh, uh, Alabama linebacker, can't think of your name, he was yeah, yeah. here than Dallas. Mm-hmm. And that's why Stephen A got so much slack because he, People felt like he was against marijuana. Nigga, if it's, if it's affecting your money, then yes, right. it is. Yeah. Right. If, it's yeah. like, if your job says you can't play or get paid without smoking weed, they're going to test you once. Just chill out. Tell that once. I'm not saying that shit is like not better than anything else that you're probably taking because you know your body and you know what everybody going going through. But, bruh, if m- most of you got kids at a young age going into the NFL. Right. Most of you got family. So why I take that money out of your child's mouth or anybody that you got to help feed for? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Just to get high for a couple times? To get fucked up? Right. If it's that bad, bro, you probably shouldn't have thought about playing baseball at the time. Mm. If you can't if you can't cope with life and you need weed all day. I mean, it's, it's an escape. I get it. But 
Again, if it's fucking up your money, you don't need it. I'm gonna make a hundred million dollars and, and retire happy, broken up from the yeah, put some money aside for my uh, my medical retirement plan. I don't know. I probably was the biggest advocate for Justin Blackman when yo came out. Right. That motherfucker was amazing, but he couldn't get off fucking drugs. Like, yo. <laughs> like I said, I can't want you to be great more than you want you to be great. It's, it's annoying. You know, I've seen people that's like that. Coach Tay, you went ahead last week. You got anything to say on uh, the tragedy? Oh, man. Or did you see the, uh, the Friday night uh, tribute? Yeah, I just, first of all, let me just say that that is, the way it went down has to be every father's worst nightmare. To be in a situation with your child and not be able to help them with impending death looming. You can't console them. Like, I mean, what can you do? You're helpless. That's like every father's worst nightmare. And apparently it was more than one father in that situation on that, on that, mm-hmm. on that chopper. I wanted to say my condolences to everybody that was involved and every family that's involved and, you know, all the fans and all that. You know, I reached out to you and her because I know y'all are big fans of him or whatever, but I personally felt like, like, it was just shocking. I remember being in the market, and, you know, Coach Smith, you know, called me and was like, did you hear about Kobe? I was like, no, what? And he was like, Kobe died. I was like, yeah, whatever, get out of here. And we hung, I got, got on the phone with him. And then immediately after that, I got, like, nine messages, like, from either family, bleacher report, you know, whatever the case may be. And I was like, oh, this is, this is real. Like, this is legit. It just seemed inconceivable at the time when it happened. And then as I watched the events unfold, like on CNN and different things like that, it was just like, it was shocking as I watched throughout the week, like guys like Shaq and not only that, but watching guys like Kenny Smith when he talked about Rick Fox when Rick Fox was allegedly on there. And then, you know, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Like it's a heartbreaking situation. But it does show, and that's one thing I learned in, in life is, um, well, the Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. And I think that his gift is making room for him right now because even in his passing, like, you see everybody. You talk about Dubai, all over the United States. I was just driving last weekend. I just seen in rural Pennsylvania a billboard saying, thank you, Kobe. It's just like, it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And for people to have that type of, uh, you know, to people to feel that way about you is, is is a wonderful thing. That means you're doing something great and that you've done something great. And I think the saddest part about it all is we don't see what he gets to do next. When has he not been successful at anything he's attempted to do? And that's the sad thing. We don't know what the next Kobe would have been, like not who's coming up. I mean, whoever Kobe was going to be, we don't know what that was. And that's probably the saddest thing besides Gianna. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I said the whole, as a fan of Kobe, that messed me up. But that whole Gianna situation. And Vanessa's been posting on uh, IG different things about them. And, like, the whole Gianna situation, it's like, can't say that you was robbed of promise because you, you don't, you don't have time. Like, you don't control time. So who robs you? But, like I said, the promise of growing up under Kobe and Kobe teaching her the game and being the advocate for the women's game, that would have been amazing to see if it had got that far. How do you feel about the hate that he's getting for certain, you know, quote-unquote white people? Because there's certain people who feel like they need to bring up his, his rape allegations at the wrong time. A man's worst day... Is not who they are. I think you said that on your mm-hmm. post, one of your posts, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it. I don't know who said it, but a man's worst day is not who they are. Neither is their best day. So if you're going to bring up the rape allegations, 
and that's his worst quote unquote day that we know of. Mm-hmm. You have to bring up his best day, which is him being a father and an Oscar winner and a champion. Mm-hmm. Like God forgets. Mm-hmm. We 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 don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. So I think that was well said. And with that being said, I'm not going to reply to your comment, your question, out of respect for my position at my my high school. <laughs> I I look at it as a um, as a black man, as a father, or as a as just a person. It shows you that one fuck up, you will never come back from it as a black man. No matter how many second chances you get, your your name will be forever stained. And it's if you if you mess up once, that's it. So it's hard to stay legit clean in this life if you're a black man and be and, and, and not skate this world with some type of asterisk mark. Like you pray you pray for the Lamars, the uh, to all the black men out there that's doing great, the the um, Deshaun Watsons, Le, Le, LeBron James, and. Just everybody who don't have an action right now with their name with out, outside of that sport, you pray for them to always be good because you see what happens to the Vicks. You see what happens to uh, the Kobe's and just the generation of all the black athletes who all the comedians or just everything. And one thing that you probably was a comment could come back and hurt you and then now that you're, you're whole free of... Asterisk is, is gone. I feel like it's it's easier for anybody else to make a mistake in this world and come back from it and have a, a better second chance like it never happened. But as a black man, it, it just shows me, from my opinion, that you fuck up once, and it could be from high school on a, as a prank. That could follow your ass until you damn near 30. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's well said. I, I wish we had that on video too. Because I think what you just said is the absolute truth, 100%. No corners cut at all. And But it also, what you said makes me realize and have a further appreciation to what a guy like LeBron James brings to the table in every aspect of, of his life. Like, the, if the worst thing you can say about LeBron James is he had a decision at a Boys and Girls Club and decided he was going to Miami. I mean, come on. They made money for the boys. I mean, let's be real. This is, we are talking about a a role model unlike any other we've seen. Who, name, name somebody else like that. Of that magnitude. Like, Steph Curry's a pretty high-magnitude player. His NBA goes right. LeBron transcends NBA. LeBron transcends sports. LeBron is a bigger superstar. Correct. And when you think about that, it's just like to not have any blemish. Your only blemish is you made a decision to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and go to play Miami. That's your blemish? That's your blemish. Come, I, mean, blemish I mean, come on. I, I think that blemish. Bro, that's, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's a hell of a blemish. <laughs> and I think that it goes to show who he is as a person. And I don't. what I don't want to happen is we don't appreciate who he is and what he is, why he is here, and like we didn't do Kobe Bryant. Now we all know I'll I'll, la- I'll laugh and I'll joke about Kobe <laughs> in a heartbeat, and that's more not necessarily that's towards a, Kobe. A, a respect thing or yeah. a rival thing. Yeah, it's same thing I do with, with Dirk. Yeah. Like you're not gonna come at Kobe and I'm not taking a shot at Dirk. Correct. It's not gonna happen. But it's a respect. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, we gotta respect him while here. I just think LeBron James. Deserves that respect. Nobody at his stature is without blemish like he is. I'm like sorry. I'm talking about in just in the world. Michael Jackson was that big, right? Mm-hmm. But he had something else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can't name somebody that big that didn't have anything. And, and I'm trying my my best to respect LeBron. I'm trying my best. Was <laughs> like it like even with free? Kobe's? Last tweet saying y'all got to go ahead and and rock with LeBron. He he did it. He's you know he's the future of LA. I'm trying my best, bro. I am. Bro, what is stopping you? One Kobe, <laughs> my loyalty to Kobe for so many years. That's one. 
And two, he is not Kobe. When that game was on the line, oh <laughs> when that game was on the line, like I trust that my superstar is not going to try to pass his way out of it. So that makes you, when you say respect, define respect, is that like just on the court? Just on the court. Oh, okay. Off the court, LeBron is, is great. It's great. Okay. There's a difference between great and best. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron is, quote, unquote, the greatest that we've seen because mm-hmm. of his philanthropy. Not saying he's the best. But as far as being great, as far as impact, but on that court, bro, I'm trying my best. <laughs> to, to, for me to close out with Kobe, it's, it's, it's tough to see what he did with his second chance in his life, first and foremost to his wife and to his, his daughters, to, to, touch, <clears throat> to touch other women in the world, in the, in the, in the sports era. And to see how they talked about him and, and see how much they cherished him shows how much that he put into life after his his fall. And that's what he will be from remembered by. Not only from his 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 on the course, but his off the course. So how hard did he try with everything in life? Mm. How much he pushed for women as he, you know, was more involved with his daughter. That shows, you know, everything that you how you handle your second chance in life. This might be me with with blinders on, being that my family is Lakers and I'm Lakers. I feel like Kobe is one of those people that got their flowers while he was here. And if you didn't quote unquote appreciate Kobe when he was here, it came off as you being a hater, like Jason Whitelock. Like, oh, he's, he shot 50. Nigga, he got 60. What else could you say on that? Well, he shot 50 shots. Nigga, he got 60 against NBA players. What can you say on that? <laughs> so if you don't, if you didn't appreciate like I said, it comes off as being a hater. So I think he was one of the few people that got his roses while you could smell them. But I couldn't get through that game Friday at all. And LeBron was just pissing me off. Oh my! You pissed me off since Christmas. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying, Kobe, I'm trying, brother. Jeez. <laughs> you gotta try harder, bro. <laughs> if let, let me come to marriage, we're gonna have a whole new respect for LeBron. <laughs> I'm about to say you can train him for Luka, but I can't. I can't even do that. <laughs> Twitter at the Silent Talk. Follow us in the Facebook group, hashtag Sideline Talk. Be blessed, be productive, be more. We love you. We out. Your next career move could be your best. Verizon Retail is where people learn, grow, and succeed. We offer the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits that start on day one. Get perks including half off your wireless phone plan up to $8,000 per year in tuition assistance, and a 401k match to help you reach your goals. Pursue your ambitions today. Learn more and apply at verizon.com forward slash retail careers.